Welcome to Talk Green to Me. I'm Nestrine. And I'm Manali. Today we're going to talk about something you probably use multiple times a day, something you may even be using right now. A material invented over a hundred years ago that you may not think much about, but is nearly everywhere. Nestreen, any guesses as to what I'm talking about? I would believe you if you said plastic, because my reusable plastic water bottle is sitting one foot away from me as we speak. And these chairs are made of plastic? Can't get away from this stuff. Did you know that almost 300 million tons of plastic are produced each year? And of that, about 40% is used just for packaging, which isn't even useful long term. Your everyday plastic bag is estimated to be useful for only 15 measly minutes of its whole life. But as we're going to discuss today, those bags are going to stick around on this planet for far longer than that. Today we've got some great info and fun facts for you on plastic waste and recycling, and even a few suggestions on ways you can make positive changes to minimize the negative impact plastic is having on the planet. If you've ever looked closely at the little recycling symbol on the bottom of some of your plastic containers and wondered what that tiny number inside it means, wonder no more. We aren't here to tell you that plastic is evil or never to touch it again, because that just isn't practical. Plastic does have some great uses. As material scientists, this is literally our bread and butter. What's nice about plastic is that it can be molded easily and used in a variety of applications. This stuff is everywhere. We already mentioned packaging, water bottles, even furniture. Other things you may not even think about include PVC piping, electronic casing, like on your TV phone or laptop, airplanes, medical implants, and even satellites. For our listeners out there interested in impressing your friends, a fancy term for plastics is synthetic or semi-synthetic polymeric materials, or polymers. Ooh, look at that knowledge drop. Alright, let's get started. Plastics are polymers, but not all polymers are plastic. Polymers are like a necklace with lots of repeating beads. So when different beads are strung together, they form different polymers or different plastics, which gives them unique properties. Polymers come in two main categories, thermoset and thermoplastic. When we talk about plastics, we are mostly talking about thermoplastics. These are polymers that can be melted, reshaped, and resolidified, and still keep most of their original strength and behavior. This is why many plastics can be recycled. Polymers can also come from nature, like polylactic acid, the stuff they use for biodegradable cups and utensils, or 3D printed parts. The beads are lactic acid from corn or bacteria, which chemists string together to make a useful polymer. And the synthetic polymers are man-made. These are our 1 through 6 plastics. They have different properties so we can use them in different ways. For example, number 5, polypropylene, is often microwavable because it can handle more heat than some of the other numbers. Don't try microwaving in just any plastic, though. With plastics being used more and more widely, a growing concern arose about what to do with plastic waste. In the late 20th century, plastics were ending up in landfills, in oceans, and being burned off. Oh no, that's how the sea turtles end up with straws in their noses, and whale sharks choke on grocery bags. Most people don't realize it's a huge problem, because when they throw it away, it's out of sight, out of mind. Unfortunately, plastics have a very slow decomposition rate, since they're made of these large molecules. This means that the plastic that we throw into landfills can be there for hundreds of years. In the oceans, this has led to the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. Ocean conservation organizations are estimating that in a few years, we'll end up with one pound of plastic for every three pounds of fish. 
Rest in peace, fishes. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch is like twice the size of Texas. So based on this, burning is the right way to go, right? I mean, we can burn off all the plastic to produce more fuel and energy. Not necessarily. Burning some plastics can produce really toxic fumes, like dioxins. Depending on the type of plastic, the gases released can cause damage to people's nervous systems, eyes, and lungs. These toxins can get into the air and into water supply and spread far and wide, affecting humans and wildlife. So, no on the burning thing. How about recycling? Yes. Recycling plastic has steadily gained more importance since around 1980, but while other materials like newspapers is recycled at 80%, only about 9 or 10% of plastic is recycled. What? That seems ridiculous. Why don't people recycle more plastic? Well, it would be that easy if there was just one type of plastic, but different plastics are useful for different applications based on their properties. The plastic used for grocery bags would not be useful for making furniture. It's just not strong enough. This means that before we can even recycle, all kinds of sorting has to happen. This is why in 1988, the Society of Plastics Industry came up with the Plastics Identification Codes, sometimes called the Resin Identification Codes, RIC. These are those numbers we mentioned earlier that you see on plastics in the little triangles. They range from 1 to 7 to make it easier for plastics to be recycled. Brace yourself for a whole lot more fancy words to impress your friends with, because we're about to explain those tiny numbers on plastic recycling. Alright, let's do a quick rundown of these numbers. Number one is polyethylene terephthalate, also known as PET. Probably one of the most commonly used plastics. Main uses are plastic bottles and packaging. These can be recycled to become your North Face jackets. Number two is high-density polyethylene. Polyethylene is made up of only carbons and hydrogens. This stuff is super stiff and makes high-strength stuff like picnic tables, milk jugs, shampoo bottles, garbage dumpsters. This stuff is also resistant to lots of chemicals. That's why in Breaking Bad, there's an episode where Walter White tells Jesse to get a bin made of number 2 HTPE to use with hydrofluoric acid. Jesse assumed that it didn't matter what material he was using, so he poured the hydrofluoric acid in the ceramic bathtub instead. Spoiler, it did not go well. If only he'd used that number 2 HDPE. 3 is polyvinyl chloride, or PVC. It is used for pipes, plumbing hoses, and the covering for cables or wires. PVC contains chlorine, which is toxic and can leach out of PVC materials. This makes it really hard to recycle, and most PVC ends up in landfill. When it's burned or melted, it can make hydrochloric acid, which isn't great for metal machinery or human health so it is not easily recycled. Next, low-density polyethylene is number four. It is also made up of carbons and hydrogens, but is the more flexible version of number two HDPE. Low density. It's relatively safe and is readily seen in things like grocery bags and bubble wrap. Five is polypropylene. More carbons and hydrogens, but arranged in a different way than HDPE and LDPEs, which are number two and number four. While polypropylene can be very chemically resistant, like polyethylene, it is not useful at low temperatures. If you took one of those water bottles that are usually made of PET, but made it with polypropylene instead, and you took it to a colder climate, like up in the mountains or in the snow and dropped it, it would shatter. But at normal temperatures, this stuff is everywhere. Straws, plastic furniture, Starbucks' new coffee cup lids. Not a lot of polypropylene gets recycled because it's mixed with so many things. It's used for food containers a lot, so it's kind of annoying to rinse before recycling. But it is recyclable. Keep an eye out for those microwavable meals. 
Polystyrene gets the number six. Polystyrene is super cheap, light, and can be used for many things. Food containers, egg cartons, plastic utensils, packing peanuts. Polystyrene is also really good for insulation in home construction. Unfortunately, this stuff breaks down into smaller pieces really easily, meaning that styrofoam and pieces of polystyrene can end up everywhere. It doesn't naturally degrade away easily, though, and the styrene and polystyrene is so toxic that not a lot of local recycling plants will recycle it. It just mostly goes to landfill. Since it's not economical to recycle, some local places choose to reuse things like packing peanuts instead. In fact, you could take all your old packing peanuts to UPS and they'll happily use it for another package. And finally, we have number seven. All the other sad or maybe really cool polymers that can't really be recycled. There's too many toxins in them, or they're too different, or they just cost too much to be safely recycled. Things like polycarbonate, which are in your eyeglasses, or acolytes and nylon, and even fiberglass, which are plastic sheets that have glass fibers in them. Those all fall into this category. When different plastics from the first six categories are blended, mixed, or layered to make composites, they also fall into the number seven category. These are daily items like toothpaste tubes, diapers, Capri Sun pouches, which all need special methods to recycle. So now that we've gone through all the numbers and their meanings, how are all these different types of plastics actually recycled? Plastics are sorted, washed, shredded into small pieces, and then melted. The melt can be reprocessed to make new bottles, fibers, or whatever. This is called melt extrusion. Plastic melting can be quite an energy-intensive process, especially with plastics like polypropylene, which require a lot more heat, so not all places will do it. Another problem is that these materials all require different temperatures and processing conditions, meaning they can't all be thrown in together and recycled. Which is why those numbers are so important. All these different types of plastics means it'll be a nightmare to sort and recycle anything. How can we possibly get started? I say we just live our lives and let future generations deal with it. What? No. The problem is already growing. Every year, the Great Garbage Patch grows bigger and more plastic ends up in landfills. We have to reduce our use of plastics as much as possible and recycle whatever we can. From the numbers, we see that PVC and polystyrene are the big baddies that can't easily be recycled. PVC might be hard for us to deal with since it's used in much more large-scale applications. Right, but we can definitely stop using straws and one-time-use plastic bottles and bags, which will reduce the consumption of polypropylene, polyethylene, and PET. We should also switch from styrofoam cups and plastic utensils to reusable cups and metal cutlery. That reduces polystyrene usage. I already do that. I even take my own reusable bags to the supermarket to stop using more plastic bags. Wow, look at you go! Did you know Target, who should pay us for saying this, as should all of the other companies we mentioned, gives everyone five cents off per bag they bring. So if you bring three bags and go shopping once per week, that ends up being almost $8 every year for free just for helping the environment. Oh man, I'm missing out on big savings here. But I have stopped using those cosmetics with microbeads. You know those little beads in your face wash? That stuff is made of plastic too and ends up in the ocean whenever you wash your face and it goes down the drain. I didn't even think about those. Darn sneaky plastics trying to get everywhere. Slow your roll, plastics. So we've learned a lot today, and I hope you guys have learned with us as well. This next part of our podcast, we interview real people from the real world and their role in sustainability. 
Introducing Hannah, a material scientist who recently learned that body poofs are slowly killing the planet. Hannah, tell us more. It was over Halloween, and I was looking for a costume idea, and I saw a disturbing amount of people dressed as loofahs. The costume is basically just colored plastic netting all bunched up. I was wondering what people do with these costumes after Halloween, and I realized all of this plastic netting is probably just being trashed after being used for only a few hours. Then I realized I use tiny plastic body poofs in the shower all the time, and when I want to replace them, I just throw the old one out, and then they're going into the ocean, and fish are probably choking on them. How often do you replace them? I used to replace them about once a month while I was using them. Is that the recommended amount? Now that all of these articles have come out about how unsanitary they are, apparently they recommend changing them out every two weeks. Even at two for a dollar, that's $60 on body poofs in five years. Not including tax. Do you know what the poofs are made of? Some sort of non-recyclable plastic, I assume. It's nylon, one of those pesky number seven plastics, which are rarely ever recycled. So, not only are body poofs unsanitary, uneconomical, and killing the planet, they are entirely unnecessary. I realized I could just use a washcloth instead. The only hardship that I've experienced because I'm switching from body poofs to washcloths is that I had to figure out how to bunch up the washcloth so that it does the same thing as the body poof. But it's worth it for all the saved fishies. Exactly. Most changes to improve recycling and sustainability doesn't have to be that hard. Sometimes just switching over from plastic spoons to metal spoons. Exactly. I started doing that at work too. So I already use like those reusable Pyrex containers to bring salads, pasta, whatever I'm eating for the day. I used to just always use the plastic silverware that was at work because I would always just forget to bring my own silverware. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. Maybe I keep forgetting over and over and over. Or I can make the decision to have a backstock of metal silverware at my desk. So that even if I forget, I don't have to use the plastic silverware. And it's not that hard. It's just making that one decision that one day to put a pile of silverware by the door, bring it with me to work one day. And now every single time I forget my own silverware at work, I just already have something there for me to use. That's awesome. You're reducing polypropylene, polystyrene, and nylon. We hope that other people are able to implement these changes into their daily lives as well. Thanks for having me on your podcast. As Manali said, I really hope that people find these changes really easy to implement now that you're aware of them. Thanks for coming on this podcast and telling us your stories about reducing waste. Thank you for listening to our first episode of Talk Green to Me. Plastics, one out of seven would recommend. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, please email us at talkgreentomepodcast at gmail.com. This episode was written and produced by Hannah Woods, Manali Banerjee, and Nasreen Khan. It was edited by Manali Banerjee, Hannah Woods, and Nasreen Khan. Special thanks to Saucy Boy Records for the music.